Whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships, I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. All right, everyone, welcome back to Ageless. So today we have another guest, our second guest ever, Margot Lee. I hear it's her first time doing a podcast, which I feel so lucky about. Yes, but she is a YouTuber and a influencer, I guess, if you want to call yourself that. Such a weird, such a weird title. But it's something that I really want to explore yeah. in the podcast. I want to talk about what that means and how you get to be one as successful as you are. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so we met. It was actually quite a funny story. I don't know if you know this, but my mom and dad were throwing an art party basically after my one of my dad's gallery openings. And... My mom's PR person was like, are there any New York-based influencers you think would be good for another, like, fashion event that she was doing? And so I made this long list, whatever, and you were one of the influencers because I had watched your videos. And they invited you to the fashion thing. And then I guess you said that you were busy that day or something, so they invited you to the art thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> so I got an, like, where am I? <laughs> yeah. So I got an email from your PR team inviting me to a surf retreat, I think. In oh, Montauk. yeah. This, our surf camp. I wanted to do that so badly. Okay. It's, we're doing it again. You have to do it this year. I, it's actually on my bucket list to learn how to surf. And I wanted this year to be the year. So, well, we'll teach you anytime. You don't have to go to surf okay. camp. <laughs> Well, that was the first round, and I was actually planning to be in Oregon with my family that weekend. Um, we did a family trip out there. but So I responded. I couldn't go, and then they invited me to this after-party art show, and I was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think, you know, I mean, I think art 100% influences fashion, and maybe a little vice versa, maybe less vice versa, but I do think they kind of go hand in hand. And there were a lot of cool people. Yeah, there. but it was just funny, like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm such a fan of your videos. You're at my home right now. Like, <laughs> welcome. I know. I remember you and, you and Ruby were a little starstruck we when were Margot like, came in. We were like, uh, <laughs> oh my this God. is not the influencer event we had <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think you show. guys were embarrassed because well, you were like, what are we going to do? She's, you know, they wanted to make um, sure you had fun and everything. Well, I was so intimidated by you guys because you both looked beautiful. I remember you were in this amazing blue shimmery dress. So, I, yeah. It's first to you. Yeah. Thanks. But uh, we had a great time. And yeah, it was actually, fun. that was a... I was looking at my memories on Snapchat or something, and that was a year ago yesterday, I'm pretty <gasps> sure. Wow. And here we are. So funny. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. How lucky we are. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do and YouTube and that whole world? 
how you got started with that? Yeah, so I kind of fell into this job that I have now. Um, I feel like the word influencer carries a lot of baggage. So sometimes I introduce myself as a YouTuber just because um, I guess that's more of what I imagine my job is, less of an influencer. I don't really like to think of myself as that. And I think there's a lot of negative connotation right now with that word. But anyways, I started a YouTube channel in middle school with my two best friends and we made music videos and we handed out like pencil drawn business cards to all of our classmates to subscribe. So cute. <laughs> and we had 12 subscribers. We were so proud of it by the time we graduated. Then came high school. One of those girls went to boarding school. One of them just wasn't really interested. I'm still best friends with these girls, but I really found a passion in that. And so I wanted to continue doing that. So I started my own YouTube channel around sophomore year of high school. I didn't tell a single soul. And I kind of just had fun with making videos. And I wasn't ever focused on gaining followers. It was just a fun pastime for me. I thought the community was really cool. And then one day I woke up to a lovely Facebook post on my profile of a girl who posted one of my videos on my page and basically said, oh my God, I didn't know you made a YouTube channel or had a YouTube channel. I'd had like 15 likes of all the hot, popular senior boys. And I was like, <laughs> my life is over. I can't be seen in public. But that morning, I basically said to myself, okay, Margo, you can delete this and brush it under the rug and pretend it never happened and people will forget about it soon. Or you can kind of own this and command respect from it just because if that's what you want to do, you it's, it's just a hobby. So... I did that. I very boldly put out a video called To My Classmates, which I watched the other day and cringe, but <laughs> like really bad. But it was basically just a declaration of saying, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. So ever since then, I've been making videos. And then when I graduated high school, I probably had around 40,000 subscribers, which again, was never a goal. It was like always a shock every time one person subscribed. And then my first year of college, I kind of found a niche in being a college YouTuber on the East Coast. It was kind of rare. So I shot up then, hit 100,000 subscribers, and then recently just hit 400,000. So I'm still making videos wow. and working on that, but it's been a lot of fun. And what's your favorite thing to showcase? What I like about my channel the most is it really is just an extension of my life. So I was just abroad for a semester. So I made videos of all of my travels and traveling advice. Um, when I'm at college, I'll talk about college. So everything feels very genuine and real to me. I love traveling. So those are probably my favorite videos and I love editing. So just having fun with that. But it really is just an extension of what I do. So half of it is a job and half of it still to me is a hobby and something I just love doing. Okay. Well, I love travel too. Kit loves travel. And I was I was thinking the other day how, well, we need to go on a trip. Or yeah. we all three need to go on a trip. Please sign but, me up. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's like, it's such a natural, I mean, it's so voyeuristic when you get to see your travels. And it's such a natural backdrop for, you know, just an inspiring content, you know, so I'm wondering what's like the most epic place you've ever been? 
Oh, man. I think on paper, the most epic place would be Fiji. But I went there with the company. And what a lot of people might not understand is even though we are being sent there for free, and it's with a group of girls my age, and we do amazing things and amazing experiences, and I do have really great times there. Bottom line is it is work. So the whole time that you're there, you're thinking about getting content or collaborations, pictures. So you're not ever really able to just let go and relax like you would a family vacation or a vacation with friends or anything outside of work. So I think outside of Fiji, which still was absolutely incredible, my top destination is probably Paris. I just absolutely loved Paris. Oh. Yeah. Kit was just I was there. just, I just got back last night. It was so fun. I'm so jealous, but I don't know. That's one city that I could really see myself living in, and I never would have thought I could live in a foreign country before I visited there. So who knows what the future holds. But, Can you speak French? Um, un peu. <laughs> <laughs> a little, not really. <laughs> but I, I've, I've researched um, some French teachers that I would get to know. <laughs> I... This is so bad, but like when I was there, just people spoke in English to me. Like I know. I know it's the stereotype that French people hate like Americans and like hate anyone who can't speak French, but like I don't know. I didn't have that experience. Well, I do think the EU has changed all that because people can travel so freely. And I think like it it is so diverse within Europe that I think they're forced to sort of find like a unified language and lucky for us, maybe it's English. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, going back to the Fiji thing, I wrote down if you have any funny influencer trip stories. I was thinking about this. I There's not one story that necessarily stands out in my head. I think one memory that stands out for Fiji was when I got off, I think it was like 18 hours of travel or something. It's a 17 hour time difference or 16 hour time difference, something crazy. And we'd gotten off the plane and then we take a bus to this marina and then we took this little dinghy boat from the main island of Fiji to another smaller island. And I was sitting on this boat and I was like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I'm on the absolute opposite side of the world. I don't really know one person that's here. I have no idea what I'm doing. Did you know any of the other girls on the trip? I think previously I'd gone on a few other influencer trips with similar groups. So I, I'd met them, but really just on those trips and at how deep can you really form a connection with somebody when it is a business trip and you're all doing your own thing. So there were definitely some familiar faces, which was helpful, but I mean, they paired you in rooms. So I was with a roommate that I didn't know, which ended up working out beautifully and made a new friend. But I was just like, what am I doing right now? <laughs> and when you're there, like what what you're required to do or what like, you're what expected. Does work mean? Yeah, what does no work one, mean? I mean, no one who hasn't done that knows because the whole point of those trips is to make it look like you guys are going there just to have fun and be with your friends. So like, what's the behind the scenes work like? Basically, it was not a sponsored trip. So the difference between a trip with a company versus a sponsored trip with a company is we were not 
paid to go and we were not paid to post anything. That being said, we were still expected to post a few Instagrams. I'm not sure if there was a contract saying that we had to post Instagrams. I forget. But the bottom line is that we should be posting and showing our experience and kind of just giving people a behind the scenes of what it meant to be a girl in that group and just having the best time ever. So again, they, there were amazing experiences set up and things that we could do ourselves, whether it was like sunrise yoga or like painting classes or whatever these things are that you see on these blogs and these Instagram accounts. But basically, it felt like for me, there was just a, a lot of pressure where absolutely everything I was doing had to be recorded or photographed. So if I, when I was waking up and I took a swim in the pool, that should be on the vlog. So making sure I got the right angles for that. And I was happy with the content for that and how I looked and everything. So I think a lot of people could still look at that and say, well, that's not work. That's just taking pictures. But when there's the pressure of knowing that it has to be posted to thousands of people and knowing that everyone that you're there with is doing the same thing. So there's kind of an expectation to stay up to date and stay, well, I can't post something that we did yesterday um, in three days because everyone's going to already see it. So the pressure to already start editing the videos at night instead of just hanging out. It's like you're always on your phone or camera or computer. So, I mean, for me personally, anytime I have to look decent, that's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Not to mention everyone's in bikinis and bathing suits. So I tried to kind of let go of any expectations of how I wanted to look and just be free and feel comfortable. But, of course, who knows what you're doing in the back of somebody else's vlog. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to producing content and stuff, do you have – a team that helps you or do you do everything yourself? I do everything myself. I've had a few people email me asking if they want me to or if they want if they can edit my videos or I don't know, do post production, but that's one of my favorite parts about making videos is having control over editing and that's part of the creative process for me. So I do everything myself. I film by myself. Anytime that I can work with other creators or collaborators, that's great, whether it's a filmmaker or different students at Syracuse, uh, photographers. It's a great experience, and I love doing that. But in terms of what I do for every video, it's it's all me behind the scenes, which I like doing. That's sort of counter, I think, to what most people would think, like the creating the content would be seems like that would be the fun like we just made a video for our resort collection that um, was sort of loosely based on the movie big and I had this whole idea you know this creative idea and I worked with the filmmaker but then once it's shot I'm like okay I don't want to you edit it you know you figure it out (laughs) and you know that that's the part that I think most people wouldn't want to do. So I think it's interesting that that's, for you, the creative part. And I'm sure if I asked the filmmaker I work with, he would think that's the creative part. But it's sort of like two different sides of your brain or something that you, you're you able to put together. Yeah, I think a, a huge part for me also is the music that I use. Yeah. So um, when I'm on these different trips, I'll intentionally listen to music and see if it kind of fits the vibe and of course I have to check if they're copyright approved and if I can use those songs but 
I think editing to music and to different feelings really inspires me. So again, I was in Portland um, and Oregon last year, and the music that I was listening to on the trips and in the car with my family and on the coast were the songs that I used in the video, and it really for me, helps portray the feelings of each spot. So I I can see how editing could be tedious and and boring for people, but using music kind of as a guide is really fun for me. That's such a hard part of making any sort of video content is the music. Like, it's so hard to find. I think it'd be cool. I actually met a guy last night who has a band and he plays like kind of surf rock and I was like here's a cool idea like let's collaborate on some kind of video where it's your original music you know it's almost like a music video that I get to do the clothes for or something you know like almost working the other way and and more collaborative in that way like how do how do you see what do you what's your vision when you're playing this music and let me try to help make that a, a reality. Really? Yeah. I've actually made some really great connections with musical artists because on my Spotify playlists, I have plug gained- for Spotify. Yeah, for Spotify. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have a lot of followers on my Spotify playlist, which I don't really promote, but because I do use music and it's such a strong part of my videos, people are drawn to find playlists and what I listen to. So- I guess somehow musical artists that are starting up find my playlist and they send me their songs asking if they can add it. And I've actually made some great friendships from that and gotten to know some musical artists that are starting up. And it's really special for me to help them. And when they release new albums, I'll promote it just because I think they have a lot of talent and people need to hear it. And I know that what I've done just by adding it to a playlist has helped them tremendously. So that's really cool for me. Oh, genius. That's great. Is that where you find most of the music for your videos? But through people sending them to me? Half the time, because there is a lot of difficulty with copyright music. So of course I would love to be using these big songs or these old songs that everybody has really strong feelings and connections to, but I can't use those because my videos are going to be blocked. So that's when new artists are really helpful because they're willing to whitelist the songs where it means I can use it in my videos without being copyrighted. But really just kind of adding new songs to my playlist, and I have a whole playlist that are songs that kind of evoke emotions from me. So when I hear songs that really make me feel something, I'll add it to a playlist that are just songs that I want to add into my videos. I always ask people, what's your get pump song? Oh my God. Okay, well, Lizzo is amazing. So I've been listening to her a lot recently. I'm pulling up my playlist that I just made. It's called Funky Fresh. Oh, I love it. And it really gets (laughs) me in the mood. Yeah, I think Boys by Lizzo, Good As Hell, I mean, Icy Girl, Money. I got a lot. Check out my playlist. That's good. (laughs) I want to talk about like the business side of what you do because I feel like what we were saying about the word influencer and like the behind the scenes of that that world is so hard for people who aren't in the industry to understand. And that's where kind of the stigma around the word influencer comes from is that like – 
you're not actually doing anything. You just take a photo and post it and get paid for it. So, you know, in talking about how you balance, you know, being at Syracuse and like being in the midst of like this hardcore schoolwork and then also figuring out how to take your YouTube channel from like what it was in high school, middle school to what it is now and monetization and and the business behind all of that stuff. Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked that because a lot of people do just see sponsored posts of me wearing pretty dresses and then getting lots of PR packages and all is happy and exciting, which it is happy and exciting, but it's also a lot of hard work behind the scenes, especially being a student. So I am a full-time student at Syracuse. My major is advertising with an emphasis in digital advertising. And then my minor is information management and technology. So that's more coding and techie things. So I'm very, very grateful and lucky that I was able to kind of design my education into things that I'm really passionate and excited about. My professors have been amazing. A lot of them know about my career. So I've actually worked with them to do classes to graduate students or panels to younger students that come to Syracuse for the weekend. And it's been a really positive experience where I don't have to feel like I'm pulling two separate ways with YouTube on one hand and school on the other. They do kind of go hand in hand. But I would say, I mean, there's a lot that goes behind not only sponsored content, but non-sponsored content. So every video or picture that I do, I want to make sure it matches my aesthetic and kind of my brand and what I want to portray to other people. And that I'm also sending a good positive message because whether I realize it or not, people watch my videos and look up to me and I know younger girls that watch my videos personally so I don't want to send them the wrong message so there's pressure to kind of be a role model to people and then obviously in post-production I want all of my videos to look a certain way if I wanted to pump out five videos a week I could do that but instead I want to focus more on the production and what a lot of people don't realize that means is putting five to 10 hours of editing into just a simple video. So, or what might look like a simple video. So I think a lot of it is time management. So I actually do my best work when I'm busy. So when I'm at school and I have essays to write and tests to study for, I know when I can schedule in filming and editing and it gets definitely stressful, but I don't know. I think just the fact that I enjoy doing both enough kind of helps me continue doing it or else I would want to blow my brains out. (laughs) So do you have someone that helps you with like contracts and all of that stuff, like a manager type person? Yeah. So I was independent until December 2017, I want to say. So I was working with brands by myself and I, that's, I I am happy I had that experience because now I really understand how it works. So My biggest brand that I worked with by myself was Victoria's Secret Pink. So I think we had an email back and forth of like 200 emails and there would be conference calls and all these things while I was, I think it was October while I was a student in school and it was just way too much. So that's when I started looking to managers and I was getting a few offers through my email of people that wanted to represent me. And one woman who emailed me, Caroline, 
she mentioned that within the management, which is called select management, there were a lot of influencers that I'd always looked up to. So I thought, well, what a great experience if I could be in the same realm of these people. Maybe I can experience the things that they're doing one day. So I got on a phone call with her and did a few trials. And now I'm working with her. So that means that she is doing all of the legwork with my sponsors. So she's emailing back and forth and she's figuring out the contract and um, figuring out the rates, which really just takes a huge weight off of my shoulders. Um, it's really helpful. And also what's amazing about that is because it's a pretty reputable management, brands like Amazon or HomeGoods will go directly to my management and say, we're looking for someone who can do this and this. And then the managers can pitch girls like me, girls and boys like me. And so I have access to really amazing sponsors without them necessarily knowing who I am before. So I've gotten really great opportunities that way. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your CEO <laughs> Create, chief creative officer, your CMO, your, I mean, really, it's amazing everything that you do. Thank you. I also wanted to talk a little bit about with all of that, why did you start with a focus on your life at college in your videos? So it really was not my intention. I wish I could say that I came up with like a business plan for myself, but it kind of just fell into my lap. I actually wanted to go to school at Loyola Marymount University and I was accepted and I was so excited. And I wanted to be in California because I thought, well, that's where all the influencers are and all the YouTubers. And I was so excited and I'd only been to California like two times at that point, visited the school, so excited. And my parents were really pushing me to apply to Newhouse because I knew I wanted to go into communications, even though I didn't really know what that meant. And Newhouse is the communication school at Syracuse. So to make them happy, I applied. The application process was the worst few months of my life, I think. But Same. Yeah, I'm oh sure my God, that was twice. like, I have PTSD from that. Yeah, I did oh, it twice yeah. to oh. USC and NYU then. I feel for you. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyways, I was set on LMU and then an acceptance letter from Newhouse came in and I was like, well, darn, I just made my decision. Now I have to make another one. So ended up visiting Syracuse, fell in love, even though it was hailing in April, like the weather is just, it couldn't be worse. And so the next summer when I was going into my freshman year of college, I was trying to look for dorm tours at Syracuse and first move-in day and kind of first impressions of college and what should I wear when I go out and what are living in dorms like? And there was just nothing on YouTube that I could find. It was all dated or like I swear the only video of a dorm tour at Syracuse, it looked like it was filmed on a potato. I was like, how is this helpful for anyone? So I was really anxious going into school, but I was excited. So I filmed my move-in day and I filmed my move-in day freshman and sophomore year, and both of those videos have over a million views wow. on my channel, which is crazy. That's just what people want to know what their first impression is going to be of college. Wait, so you're setting up a tripod or whatever. Is that how you do it? 
it, usually it's books stacked on top of each other. Okay, so you're setting that up and you're moving in at the same time. Yeah, my parents are so supportive of it and they are um, very accepting of when I just turn a camera on them and they're very sweet and everyone loves my parents also. But yeah, so it, it really did just kind of fall into my lap. I was making videos of my life and my life happened to be college and people, I could tell that people had questions. So if I was doing Q and A's or partnerships with brands, we would make it um, college focused just because I could tell that it was helping people. And I still get messages to this day saying, thank you so much for talking about college. It really helps me out. I'm super anxious or my parents didn't go to college, so I don't know what to expect. Um, I have a question about this. And I don't know. It kind of just gave my channel purpose. Most of the, my peers at that time weren't going to college and they were living in LA. So um, it was kind of just a new perspective and I put effort and thought into my videos. So I think people appreciated that. And I'm But I think even like it, it's helping kids that are your age that are going to college, but it's also helping parents to see oh, this is what I should expect. This is what my kid is going to go through. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's entertaining, so why you. not watch? Yeah, I think my parents also like it because I can see what I'm really up to at yeah. school. <laughs> I have an extra eye. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So I know you were talking a little bit about like making sure that all of your content fits with your brand. Did you ever have like a sit-down meeting and decide this is what my brand is going to be or how did that like what what is how do you how does one create a brand I think that's the most important question of 2019 what is it 2019 I don't even know what year it is <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the question that absolutely busy. everyone is <laughs> I am too busy I haven't looked at the calendar um everyone is asking that question I did not have a sit down meeting with myself or anyone just trying to figure it out it's been something that I've kind of just been working through and understanding what I've found for my brand is that a lot of it is in the editing so the music that I'm using and the, even the, the text fonts that I'm using and how I kind of connect with people but it's also just staying genuine and authentic some youtubers their brand is being funny and quirky and some youtubers their brand is being very minimal and and everything is beautifully set and all the backgrounds are aesthetically pleasing. I wish I could do that, but realistically, my life doesn't always have a beautiful aesthetic background. So I kind of just go with the flow and I just stay my authentic self and just show what my life is. And that's kind of worked itself out to be its own brand. But I also think it's, you need, I think you need, it's one thing to create a brand but then part of it is how that brand evolves as time goes on or as you grow as a person you know to evolve enough to stay interesting and exciting and then but still again like staying true to yourself yeah because if you know it's different if you are somebody whose content isn't based around you know themselves or their life if it's based around comedy or or you know challenges or whatever it is like because your brand is genuinely you it's more of like personal growth is how your brand is gonna 
evolve over time as well. I have a question for you, ladies. So Uh both of you guys are involved in the fashion industry, Kit more recently, but you're killing it. (laughs) And I have been struggling with, or maybe not struggling, but I've been trying to figure out what my next step is after I graduate, because obviously I'm not going to stay in that niche. I want, as you were saying, my brand to grow with me. And I'm really interested in getting more into the fashion world and not necessarily starting my own line, but just going to more fashion events and meeting more fashion designers and kind of understanding that industry more. So what recommendations would you guys have for somebody who's interested in stepping into the fashion world? Oh, that's, I mean, I guess from my perspective, the fashion world is, it's sort of like, in a way, the world of influencers, it looks really pretty and beautiful. That's what I was going to say. Easy, run as outside. far away yeah. as possible. <laughs> like if you're deciding how to get into the fashion world, Don't. turn around and, and run, run the opposite direction. <laughs> I just think fashion is like it's trendy right now. I guess like online. And maybe it's always been sort of like glamorous from the outside, but I don't, it's just not that cool. Like, that's why I love doing- Wait a second. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Back up there, buddy. Wait, what do you mean it's not cool? That's why I love doing like my artist collabs because I think that like expanding outside of just runway is- where the future is and like how you do surf and swim and you've said that that's your favorite like part of what you do i think it's very it's more rewarding for me to not just focus on like one pretty section of clothing and like expand it out into more of multidisciplinary yeah multidisciplinary and i think I'm so inspired by the projects that you do that are like in collaboration with other companies like surfboards or band-aids or whatever it is. I think that that is what keeps the industry going is like broadening the audience and not making it as exclusive as it has been forever. Like the fashion industry is very prone to being like super like these are the people that sit in the front row at every show and no one else is invited and I think that is sort of breaking down Mm -hmm. now and I think it's also breaking down because of Instagram and because of influencers and you see that like I was just in Paris for men's fashion week and I went to the Louis Vuitton show And literally, if you watch YouTube, you know who these people are. But the Dolan twins were sitting in the front row at (laughs) the Louis Vuitton show. And like a person like years ago who was in the industry would probably be like, like, why are these two random kids here? Or like even the response to influencers going to the Met Gala was like there was so much backlash against that. But I think that is like where you see sort of that front row like exclusivity thing being broken down. And I think that's like the future of it and 
what's keeping it relevant to young people. Yeah, I couldn't, I actually couldn't be happier about breaking that or disrupting that whole inner circle that it's been for so many years. It's just like, to me, I think it's never been a better time to try to be in fashion and do something and do whatever you want and not worry about Because the model needs filters. to change. Like, it needs to at this point. It's just like, there's so much. It's way easier to start you know, a brand now. It's, you know. Do you think that's that's beneficial or harmful to the fashion industry? That there are so, like, every third person who has an Instagram account is coming up with their own clothing line? I mean, I think it's great. I think it, I think it's harder than it looks to oh really. Damn, what? did I learn that lesson the hard <laughs> way. I have a little tough love uh, well, I think that- way of teaching kid about the fashion world. No, I just think I just think it's everybody should try it. It's never been easier, but it's really fucking hard. It's really hard. It's hard to be to sustain the level of commitment that it takes to um, really make it work. I mean, I've been working 10, 12-hour days for my entire career, and I love it, so it's it's amazing, and I feel lucky every day, but it takes a lot. Like, you have to constantly, constantly be creating something at all times, every day, mo- like, moving forward and and creating on a calendar that is almost, I mean, it, you know, it's almost insane the amount of, cre- you know, creativity that's needed just to stay um, in step with the industry. But that's, you know, that's the, that's the way we do it. There's a million ways to do it. Kit's like not on that schedule. Yeah. She does a drop whenever she wants. I just think there's like a million different ways to to do it and you should just do what what you want to do yeah. and not worry about what the you know parameters of the industry have been cuz you can just break the mold and i think like one of the hardest parts of, about it is that you see because now everyone and their mom has <laughs> I can't even say how about every mom and their one? Oh my god, has a fashion line. Literally, everyone has a fashion company or like a clothing company now. And I think the hardest part about it is that, like, you see people like something navy or like these huge influencers posting and they like create one dress and put it out, and it literally like sells out in one day and you're like oh my god is that how I should be like is that how my brand should be functioning and so you think like going into it you're like oh my god this is just how easy it is you know you put something out and it and it sells out amazing um and then you are in you're creating unrealistic expectations yeah you're in the depths of it and you're like wow 
actually, you know, the thing that sold out was like this plain black dress and like a white t-shirt. And then the thing that I was like most obsessed with, like 10 people bought it, you know? But that's always like that. There's no crystal ball. Again, it's the same thing. You just have to be yourself. You have to do what you believe in and just keep putting it out there and building your audience. I mean, I so what, think it's, it's exactly what you do. So you should do it. <laughs> we'll oh, help. man, I don't know. We'll help this. you. <laughs> yeah. like, looks like I'm running nah, the Nah, it's easy. It's easy. <laughs> okay, another thing we touch a lot on on this podcast is, you know, health and fitness. And I know you share a lot about your workout schedule and diet and trying foods all over the world and everything. So... I guess I want to just ask for myself, what are your favorite classes and how do you maintain a healthy balance when you're in, when you're, you know, working on all your YouTube stuff and also like it's finals week. Yeah. And I want to know if you cook. Oh, I love cooking. Yeah. I cook three times a day. I cook all of my meals growing up. It was always very important that my It was important to my mom, which I will forever be grateful for, that she was home to cook meals for us. And we rarely would order in food, which, of course, some families, that's what works and that's what has to happen. But having my mom cook us food and kind of show us the importance of healthy, nutritional foods set up a really strong foundation for me. And I was talking about that with her the other day how important that is. And I think that's also where kind of my love for food and health came from. Obviously, when I was younger, I was more resistant to the idea of health, but I got really into my own food and my own nutrition when I decided to go vegan my senior year of high school. So I actually was in an AP environmental class and really none of it was aimed towards veganism. My professor wasn't vegan and never really shared uh, these ideas with us, but I loved that class and I loved learning about the environment and the different stressors and all of the factors that really aren't talked about very much. So I did a lot of research on my own, ended up watching a lot of documentaries. And the reason I went vegan initially was environmental reasons. But kind of through that, I learned a lot about health and my own body and what my body thrives on. And I absolutely loved it. I was strictly vegan for two years. At the end of that, there was nothing wrong with it. I would still be so excited if if someone told me they were going vegan or if I decided to do do that again, but it was just becoming more of a chore for me to find vegan foods and it was something I wasn't enjoying. So I knew if I wanted to return to that lifestyle, I had to kind of leave it in a positive way as well. But through that experience, I was cooking for myself because my mom had no idea what the heck that meant. And I was vegan at college and traveling with brands. But I think the biggest takeaway that I have still today is whether it's working out or eating, I never stress myself out too much and I want it to be attainable for other people. So I don't want it to be that I'm going to these workout classes that are like hundreds of dollars or I'm doing these insane diets that no one has access to. It's it's my life also and I want it to be 
easy and attainable for myself. So if I'm going out to a restaurant, it's not the end of the world if I get something a little on the unhealthy side. But I don't know. I just think it's fun to care about your health. I think it's really cool that it's becoming more mainstream because that's, I think, one of the first times in recent history that health has been at the forefront, which is really amazing. And a lot of young girls are learning about health through influencers if they don't have that in their family, which is absolutely amazing. Your Instagram is great for workout tips. Kit Keenan, everyone. <laughs> She'll shout out. Um, in terms of workout classes, the one workout class that I've done, I've, I've taken a lot of workout classes that I love. I love Soul Cycle, Berries, all the basic things. But when I was in London, if you ever find yourself in London, you have to go to this workout class called Equilibrium. It's all TRX bands and then like a treadmill thing. It's, I forget what it's called, but it's just the best workout I've ever done. The trainers are absolutely amazing. Like I would book a trip back to London to take classes there. <laughs> oh my um, God. I, I was living in London for abroad. So that was amazing. But I just have so much fun trying out new classes and new trainers. And um, I think fitness is so much fun. So just, I don't know, kind of getting around the block and trying different things. Yeah, it's definitely classes. You know, I always say like, I started my health journey literally with looking up videos on YouTube and following them at home with no equipment or anything. So I, I'm always like classes are supplemental or whatever, but I think that it's just like a way to have fun and like try new things when it comes to fitness. So that's why I like it. And it's social. Yeah. Well, do you have a, any parting words for us? Well, yeah, I think or, this podcast is amazing just because not only is it conversational, but I completely agree with the whole idea of agelessness and connecting different generations, which I think we're really missing in this generation, especially with all the social media and everything. Um, so that's a great idea that you guys are preaching. <laughs> I tune in every week. <laughs> well, we thank you so much. We realized that we, you know, we're very different ages, but that, you know, there were so many things that we like to do together mm -hmm. and we never think about that we're totally different ages. Right. And we switch our roles like what you would expect for our age, neither one of us acting our ages. <laughs> Yeah, and I think Margot's like the, you know, you're somebody who's so young, but you also are in this business where you have to, you know, grow up really quickly and, and figure out business like when you're still in college. So I think you're, you know, a great emblem of agelessness as well so thank you for being here yeah thank, thank you, you so much it's been so fun <laughs> I know, this was good all right so i'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today as always you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures then you can follow us on instagram at cynthia rowley and at kit keenan thanks for listening